All right, welcome once again to the Dynasty of Dads weekly podcast. I am your host, Bearded Brian, and I am especially excited for tonight's episode. It is titled Dads Unwind, the NFL edition. For those of you that are watching live on YouTube, you may see I got my football jersey on. I got my beer and my koozie ready to go. This segment that we are starting called Dads Unwind is the opportunity for us to take a little bit of a break from the parenting advice and explore some of the things that us parents like to do in our free time. Tonight, Let's talk football. Some of my fondest memories growing up are watching football with my dad. As some of you may know, the NFL draft just recently happened. It means preseason will be here before we know it. So I want to know, what role did watching sports play in your household growing up? Do you watch sports with your kids or family? And to help us with this conversation, we have an amazing guest tonight that I'm really excited to introduce in a couple seconds. So... Without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's become better parents together. All right, remember, the goal of this podcast is to redefine the modern-day dad. In our opinion, there are two stereotypes of dads. The emotionless provider that is hardly ever home, or what we call the incompetent sitcom dad. But that's not who we are, and that's not who you should be as a dad. Don't let these stereotypes define you. As always, we encourage you to join the conversation by emailing us at thedynastyofdads at gmail.com. Or if you're watching live on YouTube, you can interact with us on the chat. And the way you get access to our YouTube and every live episode on Wednesday nights live at 8.30 Eastern is by joining our Patreon. You can check out patreon.com slash dynastyofdads. And speaking of us, as always, I'm excited to welcome my good friend and co-host, Zach, a.k.a. Zach the Girl Dad. What's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, excited to be here yet again. Uh Talking about sports, sports is like one of my favorite things to talk about, especially since being a girl dad and uh, being in a, a house full of girls that don't necessarily like sports. It's, def- <laughs> it's, it's something I'm definitely going to enjoy tonight. <laughs> I am super excited to this uh, for this conversation. And just to warn you, before I introduce our, our guest tonight, this is not going to be NFL heavy. So if you're starting to time in and you're like, oh, I'm not a big NFL fan, I'm going to turn it off, don't. I promise. It's more about the importance of sports and what that you know environment plays in our households. I promise it's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, fun because of our guest. I actually had the honor to meet through Clubhouse. If you are not familiar with the platform, it's almost like a fun interactive podcast. But if you are on Clubhouse... I would almost guarantee you know the name Katie Brinkley. She is dynamite on this app. She is moderator extraordinaire, and it doesn't stop there. She runs some really great social media advice and coaching. Uh, And most importantly for tonight's conversation, she is one of the hosts of the Across the Pond podcast, which was started by a gentleman, I believe from Scotland, we'll uh, let Katie explain that a little bit more, talking about American sports, and she got involved in talking about the NFL on that uh, show. So I'll let her introduce herself a little bit more, but please uh, welcome uh, Katie to the show. Katie Brinkley, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm excited to join you guys on your podcast, and 
like you said, we met on Clubhouse. So I'm excited to actually have a face-to-face -face conversation with you guys on your podcast tonight. So let's jump right into it. I know we briefly started talking about it before we went live, but how did you get started in sports? What is your sports background that, that led to this podcast experience? I grew up playing sports. So I was that kid that went straight from school to soccer practice to ice skating practice. I grew up playing just about any sort of sport uh, possible. I really wanted to do ice hockey, but my mom wouldn't let me, so I did figure skating. I mean, I, I did it all. And I absolutely loved sports. And I played competitive softball growing up. And so playing competitive softball, we get to play all over the state. I live in Colorado, and a lot of our, our uh, games were at least two and a half hours away. And so um, in the car, my dad loved talk radio. One of his favorite stations to listen to was a talk radio station called 850 KOA. And it had a variety of shows from news to in the afternoon sports. And I remember I always loved going home from the softball tournaments because that's when the sports show was on. And they had on their show somebody named Susie Wargen, and she was known as the sports chick. She would come in and give updates on different Denver sports um, headlines or anything like that. And then she, she'd be gone. So she would, her, she just had small segments, but I absolutely loved hearing this woman on the radio talking sports with the guys. And I thought that was so cool because I loved sports so much too. And all I ever heard was men talking about sports. And so I absolutely loved Susie Wargen and I wanted to be the next Susie Wargen when I grew up. So I went to school, I want, went into journalism, I wanted to be a radio broadcaster, and I actually got that job. I, um, and Susie Wargen was my mentor. So get out of here. It was, you That's know, it awesome. was, it's a fantastic, like, feel good story. I, it was, you know, she was fantastic to work for and to learn from as nice as could be. And, um, like I said, it was, it really was kind of a dream come true. So I was the post game reporter for, 850 KOA um, and I did the locker room reports for the Broncos and the Rockies and the Avalanche. Um, so it, it, it really was everything that I wanted it to, to be and that I thought it could be. And well, why am I not doing that still? Um, when I, I, this was a long time ago and this was when satellite radio came out and everybody in the radio industry panicked. And I was one of those people and I decided I was going to go uh, find different a different path, and I went into marketing. And so now I do social media, but radio, sports, there's still a huge passion of mine. And that's where I was able to kind of re, uh, reinvigorate my passion projects back during the pandemic. And I started up my marketing podcast, and then I kind of started to get more comfortable speaking. And I found my co-host, James, um, in a podcast group, and he was looking for a co-host for his NFL segment and he and I hit it off and the rest is history. So that's a kind of a long winded answer to how I got involved in sports, but um, yeah, I, I still love sports. It's still my passion. That's awesome. So let me ask you, because I find this really interesting. I, I don't know if you were the same or, or Zach, feel free to chime in. When I was a kid, watching sports was not a huge thing. Like for me, I had a hard time. I love sports so much playing that 
I was like, I don't get the attraction of watching other people have fun. I just want to go outside and kick a ball or throw a ball or whatever. So it sounds like playing and following sports was was big for you. Is, is that accurate? Honestly, for me, uh, my dad was really huge into sports. So uh, he had me playing baseball. He had me playing basketball. Um, those were the two main sports he, he liked and uh, wanted me to participate in. Uh, but when we were at home, they were constantly on in our house. Like we had Sports Center playing all the time. If there was a game on, we were play- uh, it was playing. We were watching it together. He would go through and uh, point out every single detail with me, so that I could so that I could know if I was ever in a game and in that situation, that I would know what to do, and that I could do the same thing. Because I remember very specifically the uh, Derek Jeter play when he backed up the right fielder and that overthrew the first baseman, I think it was the first baseman for the cutoff and it was not in line with the catcher. And he, he caught it and threw it really awkwardly to Jorge Pastada. Oh wait, I say Jorge Pastada. Sorry. <laughs> I think it was Jorge Pastada. And, uh, and the catcher caught the ball and tagged the guy that was trying to get home. It, it was not even a play that Derek Jeter was supposed to be participating in but yet he got the out and saved a run. So my dad was like walking me through, hey, you should be aware of these kind of situations and all this stuff so that if this ever happens, you're gonna be there. And I, I had a play like that once and it was all because of, of him. So yeah, wow. just in my household, it was just always games always on, always going through every single thing, freaking out about fantasy football points, about, about <laughs> teams that he didn't even care about. <laughs> so it was all the drama in my house. That's funny. Katie, but did you have an equal balance of playing and watching growing up? Yeah, you know, I don't think my dad wasn't really like a huge, a huge sports fan. Like, I don't remember us watching like, well, Red Zone wasn't around when oh, I yeah. was growing up. But I mean, we watched the the Broncos. And um, then when the Avalanche came to Denver, we watched the Avalanche and we watched the, the Rockies when they came to Denver, we watched the Rockies. But I mean, it wasn't like it was always on. Now, my poor daughters, I have two little girls and um, it is always on. Like I have Sports <laughs> Center on. Like I have, so I start with first take in the morning and then it moves over to Sports Center and then I have my afternoon shows. And even the girls, like with part of the interruption, um, they're like, I, where's the funny man? Because he's really silly and um, he has a Star Wars guy on his desk. And so my daughter, it's like, oh, where's the? Why don't we go watch the Funny Man again? So it is always on in our house. I, I absolutely love sports, and like I said, I didn't grow up with it as a huge like our life revolves around watching sports. If if some if a good game was on, especially if it was like the Broncos versus the Niners, yeah. Uh, my dad's from California. It would absolutely be on. I love the game of football because I I love the strategy, and when you really understand and appreciate the chess element of it and and how much strategy and you know i love the term you know a game of inches that when you really do understand the mechanics of the game of inches i i just find it so fascinating but the other thing that i love about it ironically is the fact that my favorite team plays once a week and i don't feel as guilty committing like my wife and you know family know that when my team is on for that three hours i am not getting off the couch and i am sitting there and i am enjoying my team and i've often kind of jokingly but not 
said that other sports probably would be up there. Like baseball, if it was a once a week commitment, I'd be all in and I'd probably be obsessed with watching, but I just can't get into it as much. I love the sport, but to commit to watch three hours to then just go, okay, great. Another one tomorrow, you know, and a hundred more, like when they win or lose, it doesn't feel as passionate as football like one win or loss could completely make or break your season. And I, I love that about the sport. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I'm a huge, a huge NFL fan. Um, that's, that's definitely my number one sport. I love Broncos and anything to do with NFL hockey is my second kind of tier of, of sports that I really am adamant about, but I agree with you on baseball. I think that, you know, there are a lot of games. And so, it, you know, it's, it's hard. It's kind of like, eh, if you miss one game, eh, whatever. Right. Um, but with football, it's, you know, well, now there's 17, but there's only 17 right. weeks. And so uh, each mm-hmm. game really matters. I have a selfish question for you. We talked about you being a woman in sports, and that is a traditionally, you know, male dominated. It has changed pretty significantly. And I love the changes that we're seeing with, you know, referees in the NFL and and definitely and coaching. It's super exciting to see that grow and develop, but it, it's still nowhere where it needs to be. So my selfish question was, as my daughter was growing up, I loved the experience of watching football games because she kind of didn't have a choice. She was an infant and I had her little Jets onesie and we would sit and we would watch the game together and I loved it. So as, you know, a, a daughter and now raising daughters that are into sports, what would be your advice for Zach and I to selfishly get our daughters making sure that they like watching sports with us (laughs) i think that we kind of just automatically think of the stereotype that they're not really even going to care about the sports like i said i i like sports my husband's even said to me he's like you're way more into sports than i am i watch more sports now than i did before (laughs) wow and it was one of those like even in college like i took a football officiating course in college because again i wanted to be a sports reporter yeah and i was the only girl in there and it, the rest of the people in the, the course were all part of the football team. And I'm sure that the coach, who was the instructor, thought I was there to get a date. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I was really, I knew more about some of the rules than the guys that played it because That's I awesome. watched it all the time. And I think that just encouraging women to, if they're pa- passionate about something, to believe in themselves and follow their, follow their, their dreams on it, it sounds very cliche, but at the same time, like even I, so I have two girls too. And, um, like my six year old, she has all these, these jokes that she creates. And I mean, a lot of times they don't make any sense, but that's why they're even funnier. Hmm. Um, and so I think that that's one of the things where they, she, she will tell these jokes to me, but then she'll, when it's in front of a, a large group, she'll tell it to a boy to tell. And I'm like, you don't ever need to have a boy do something for you. You can, you're funny, Evie, you know, you say it. And right. I think it, it just some, there are some things that genders are just born with. And I think that it's, it's one of those things where if they do show an interest in something, then encourage them. And if they are interested in watching football with you, like, like I said, my, my daughter loves watching part of the interruption because she likes the star Wars figurines on the desks. Yeah. Okay. So we'll watch it together. That's awesome. Zach, how about you? Are, are you, uh, Emery is 
old enough to either like it or protest having to watch it with you. Uh, does she, does she get a kick out of watching sports with you? She does not have that much of an interest in watching TV. I mean, if it's on a, a phone or an iPad, she'll definitely watch something. We did sign her up for soccer and she has been going out and playing. Um, we have found out that she is more interested in just kicking a ball one-on-one -on -one with somebody rather than actually playing on a field with a bunch of kids. And uh, because now we have the reputation of her being the kid that just sits out there and picks flowers, which is great. <laughs> <that>. um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, she's even when we're out there for the soccer games, like she, she has great moments, but it's just, uh, she's not completely interested, like all in. Um, I think more honestly with her, um, I think I've learned that her love language is quality time. So I think she'd just be more interested on sitting on the couch with me yeah. rather than actually watching the game. That's kind of what I'm hoping for, to be honest, is my daughter's the same way. She just likes that quality time together. And I, I think if I start making a routine of, you know, she gets her little Jets jersey and I put mine on and we get to cuddle and, and watch some TV together and... That was some of my favorite memories when she was born was just having this little infant lying on my chest while while I was watching sports was was phenomenal. I think that that's one of the things too is like I'll, we have football on, but at the same time, like we're playing Legos with them. Yeah. And we are, you know, like, okay, let's, you know, let's draw, let's draw a picture of the football players, you know, or right. which team do you think will win? Like, which team are you going to root for? And it always breaks my heart whenever she chooses the team that's playing the against the Broncos. One. But I mean, <laughs> just trying, trying to find the different ways that to make the game interesting to them and, um, you know, celebrating the touchdowns and celebrate, right. you know, go over the top, you know, like, all right, everybody, we're going to stand up and dance and who wants to do a flip off the couch, you know, like that's a great like idea. That. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to try to take your route, Brian, with, uh, seeing if I can get some uniforms for her and I to match him while we're sitting on the couch. Cause I think she'd, really love that as well because i i was thinking about that earlier but then you said it and i was like well yeah maybe that's something i should do my my daughter is all about dress up so i think if we get she loves dresses so if i find a like pretty pink jets dress that she only gets to wear during daddy-daughter football time i think she would be all about that <laughs> katie i think it is a really important topic especially for being dads of daughters i want to go a little bit deeper into your experience again in a kind of male-dominated kind of industry so when you had this passion did you feel any pushback or like did you get any oh you're never be going to be successful and kind of part two of that question is were there support resources for you friends or family that that really pushed you through to maintain that confidence yeah so i think that you know it, it is interesting because looking back you know my parents had me in every single sport out there um except for hockey like i said i really wanted to play ice hockey but <laughs> i got involved in figure skating um but <laughs> You know, that, that was one of the things where they always were very, my both, I'm an only child. My parents were very supportive of me doing whatever sport I wanted to. And I think that they enjoyed having me be occupied um, right. outside athletic and, and doing things to keep me busy. So I'd sleep better at night. 
They but just wanted you going, to have your teeth, so that's why you weren't yeah. allowed to uh, <laughs> play hockey. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, thank goodness, because then I wanted to go into radio, and it would have been really hard to talk or hard. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whistling while you talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, but that that is the thing. Like, I think my dad actually, because I, I would sit in my room growing up with the microphone, and I would record my own radio shows. I would you wow. know, do the commercials and everything. Yeah. I, wow. Again, I was an only child, so I had to, I, I was very active and I had a very vivid imagination. And that my dad said, you know, Katie, you should really try to go in work at the radio station because I went to I played softball in college, but it was a smaller school. And so um, I had a lot more opportunities. So one of them was working at the radio station if I wanted to. And I took on as many jobs as I could. And sometimes it was a little overwhelming, but I think that when I was going through like the radio journey, more women were trying to to do it. It wasn't really in the sports world, yeah. but there were a lot more women trying to get on air. And so people around me were very supportive. I had a fantastic professor um, that really helped me take a lot of classes and she didn't sugarcoat anything. She kept me very grounded with a lot of my expectations and trying to, okay, well, how are you going to overcome that obstacle? sort of questions and so i had a lot very supportive system around me my family and then uh, professors that really looked out for me and then again like i said i had the opportunity to work for somebody that i idolized growing up and you know she she definitely took me under her wing and that's amazing taught me taught me how to do things and you know i think that that can be one of the things too is because women honestly women are are harder typically harder to to try and get that support from it's completely changed um and i it's just was one of those things where there was no threat she just took me under her wing and taught me everything she knew and really did her best to help me succeed now i have to ask did you tell her right away like was that part of the interview of oh my gosh she's my hero and this would be amazing or was it like later on down the road that oh by the way i listened to you as a kid and i'm obsessed <laughs> you know so i had to interview for it and when i saw that she was the person interviewing me i was like oh my god now i'm <laughs> 10 times more nervous because she's you know she she's the one i'm going to be interviewing with i thought oh it was my just gosh. some random hr person and uh when she came out i'm sure that i don't even remember 90 percent of the interview except for like kind of fan girling freaking out and it wasn't until after i was hired that i said you know i've really enjoyed listening to you on the air and i listened to you a lot growing up and uh but i still don't think that she really realizes like how much she impacted my career journey well don't worry the dynasty of dads is a huge popular podcast and she's probably listening (laughs) right now and and she's gonna call you and uh thank you for uh sharing this story Next topic, I don't know if you know this, but Zach and I have fun competitiveness involved in our podcast a little bit, especially when it comes to our dad jokes, which we'll get to in a second. But of course, the irony of this whole NFL conversation is I am a Jets fan. He is a Panthers fan. We lost our number one pick a couple years ago in Sam Darnold to the Panthers. 
And I don't know if you saw this, but the NFL schedules just came out and first game of the season, the Jets are playing the Panthers. So not only am I a Jets fan and he's a Panthers fan, he now has my old quarterback and we're going to be playing each other first game of the season. So my important question for you, who got the better end of that deal? Should the Jets have hung on to Sam Darnold or was it good riddance and the Panthers got a kind of poopy quarterback now? Who, what do you, how do you rank Sam Darnold and, and who, who got the better end of that bargain? You know, I, I feel like this is a very like vanilla answer. But I think <laughs> that both teams won. Sam Darnold needed a fresh slate. Unfortunately, he gets a, he gets a clean sheet because anybody that has to try and learn from Adam Gase, you know, so I I do think that this is a great opportunity for Sam Darnold and he's getting a fresh start in Carolina. He has Christian McCaffrey to hand the ball off to. So he has a fantastic running game. So I think that this is a really good opportunity for Sam Darnold. I also think that the jets had to let him go because with the number two pick in this draft class that, uh, you know, quarterbacks that we had this year, they would have never lived it down if they would have passed on Zach Wilson or if, you know, any of the quarterbacks that were available um, and gone with like a defensive end or something. I think that both teams won with this. And of course the Jets are playing the Panthers. I mean, that's like, Perfect, you know, know. perfect for for, for for viewership. I know. I I do think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Zach and I were talking about this right before we went live, and I think they got themselves a great quarterback. I I think he is great. I think his best years are are ahead of him, and, and I just, I don't think he had the opportunity to shine. Also, I'll be the first to admit, as a Jets fan, Jets fans are brutal, and it is not a good environment for a young, inexperienced quarterback because if you don't start performing right away, and that's my biggest fear with uh, Zach Wilson is is if you don't perform right away, they'll they'll make your life very miserable. And and I feel bad that they're not patient, and they should be, especially for the new quarterback. Yeah, you know I. I think that it's it's hard to play in New York, especially being a, a quarterback in New York. I thought that they kind of found that with Sam Darnold, but unfortunately they just didn't have the right coaches built right. around him. Adam Gage just came in and totally imploded that team. So I think that Zach Wilson will be a, a good pick. I, I hope that you know he's able to ignore the bright lights, but he seems like he'll be a good fit. How do you feel about your team in the draft? How, how did uh, how did Denver do? How would you rate them? I'm still on the fence with how the Broncos did because, as I just said, the there was a, such a heavy quarterback class, and the Broncos really need some help with quarterback. Drew Locke has been iffy. Um, I think that he's one of those quarterbacks that's definitely – has potential but at the same time he's he needs to get there faster and the way that the rest of the broncos team is built really the broncos are built to compete with kansas city right now if we had a better quarterback so i don't know if any of the quarterbacks that were available um, where we were at number nine in the draft would have made that much of a difference i think we would have had to trade up to like two Right. So we would have had to do some amazing deal with the Jets to get that number two pick, but I'm still holding out 
for Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver. Um, hmm. I know that the Broncos signed Teddy Bridgewater to come and compete with Drew Locke, but you know, I, I would be fine seeing us trade away Teddy Brid- Bridgewater to the Packers so that he can play just for a couple games until Jordan Love can get some time in. Uh, I think that it would be a really good scenario for Aaron Rodgers and the Broncos if, if they made that trade, but yeah. the Packers keep saying Aaron Rodgers is not available. So uh, the way that this Broncos team is built right now, it, we just really are missing one piece. And I think that that is the quarterback position. Yeah. If you asked me at the end of last season, that would have been my prediction is having a team like the Broncos trade up for our number two spot. And then the Jets go super aggressive because they already had two first round picks, maybe getting a third in there and really building the office of offense around Sam Darnold. That's what I thought was going to happen, but I'm optimistic. I'm excited to see where this goes. uh, It'll be, it'll be a good season and you know, hopefully we're able to get some fans at games. I agree. I want to go a little bit more into just kind of the, uh, the role of uh, sports in, in our, in our households, but let's take a break for my favorite segment, the dynasty of dads joke of the week. If this is your first time here, we make this a little bit of a competition that Zach and I and, and now our uh, guest Katie can join in. You get the opportunity to vote for the best. When I say best, a good dad joke is a groaner, eye roll type joke. I'm going to go first because, again, going into this rivalry, I actually tweaked this joke a little bit to Zach's benefit. What did the Carolina Panthers fan do after their team won the Super Bowl? What? He turned off his PlayStation. <laughs> oh, <God>. Zinger. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Zach. I had to do it. Katie, do you want to go next? Sure, I will <laughs> go next. Um, so why don't you ever see dead crows on the side of the road? Oh, I haven't heard this one. Why? Because there's always another one in the tree yelling, car. I like that one. Nice. All right, Zach, you're up. All right. What kind of tea do football players drink? What kind of tea do football players drink? I don't know. Penalties. That's a dad joke. That was a dad joke for sure. All right. So if you're live in our chat, feel free to chime in and vote for which one you think the best. And again, you can define best however you uh, seem fit. So Katie, going a little bit more into the role of sports in the household, do you do any sort of... I don't want to say educational component to it, but do you think watching sports has personal benefits to You know, I do. My my daughters both play soccer. And well, one, we say teamwork makes the dream work all the time for cleaning up our toys in the, in the playroom. Um, but my daughter, so she really wanted to do basketball pre-COVID. So um, it's been like a year and a half now. Right. She really wanted to do basketball and basketball is one sport that I played, but I really wasn't, I'm only five foot three. I really wasn't like that great at it. Right. Um, I don't really watch it. It's kind of, when she said she wanted to do it, I was like, really? But we signed her up and I'm, you know, unfortunately. Is she tall? No, no, no. no. she's a little peanut. <laughs> she's super tiny. Um, 
but then they didn't even have a coach. So of course I volunteered to be the coach. So now I'm coaching your basketball team and it was a co-ed team. And so it, it was, you know, girls and boys playing together. And unfortunately, you know, like we'd have two girls out and then two boys out to play four on four and the girls, you know, the boys would just were better. They were just better. And she got really defeated and, you know, started to kind of not really even try anymore. She was just kind of standing there and it made me like, well, one, because I'm really competitive, it made me really frustrated. But at the same time, it's like, why, why aren't you trying anymore? Why aren't you trying your hardest? You know, I always see you when, you know, when you're, when you're doing something, you always need to try your hardest. And she said, well, mom, because I can't shoot the ball high enough. I'm not even scoring anyways. And I said, well, that's not what a team is about. You know, when you're watching, I was like, look, let's watch some football. And I was like, look, all the guys out there, only one person is throwing it and one person's catching it. Right. But it takes all of them to score a touchdown. And look, all of them go and celebrate after that touchdown. It's because they all work together to do it. So next time that Jimmy scores a basket, I want you to run over and give him a high five because you being out there helped him score that basket. That's what being on a team is all about. That's so, awesome. <laughs> that that's it, it changed her mentality and she at least tried. She still couldn't shoot the ball high enough to go in, but I mean she was out there at least running back and forth as fast as she could and had her little arms up. So it it really is one of those things where I think that a lot of kids want to be the star. They want to be the one to score. But right. just trying to teach the teamwork is extremely valuable. I think that playing sports and, and teaching that type of camaraderie is is huge. And I bet football really helped tell that story because unlike basketball where – the defined roles are a little bit harder to appreciate when you're watching it. Football is very observationally easy to see. Ah, that person does this and that person does that. And it was funny. I I remember you telling this story brought back kind of childhood memories that when my dad was explaining football to me, he played in college and he was a center. And so when I started getting into football and, and watching sports, I'm like, Dad, how many touchdowns did you score when you were in college? And he was like, none. I was a center. And I'm like, yeah, but no, but like you were you were big and you were almost going pro. You know, you must have scored touchdowns. He was like, no, that wasn't my role. And and uh, that's interesting. That, that is a great – I never thought of it that way to introduce not only the teamwork component but observing how you – play a role in your teammates success, you know, by scoring a basket or, or throwing a touchdown or whatever that that's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that from you. (laughs) You can, you can. Going back to what you were saying about the, uh, not being able to even shoot the ball high enough, it made me think about the movie, the mighty ducks. So like the, the head coach would take all the team's weaknesses and turn them into strengths because he knew the other team knew what they struggled with and they would try to take advantage of it and then all of a sudden they'd get a goal with their with their struggles so and they have like a new tv series going on with the mighty ducks on disney plus and it it shows him being like oh this guy can't even skate this person's afraid of contact this person knows how to actually play i'm going to use these two to distract the other team and he's going to go score and they did they scored their first goal within like 30 seconds everybody has their role no matter what their weaknesses or strengths are so 
you inspired this next question. Favorite sports movie of all time? Katie, do you have one that comes to mind? Happy Gilmore. Oh, good one. Man, for the for the biggest sports fan in the room, you pick the comedy one. That's that's awesome. I, I, I love Happy Gilmore. Um, probably number two would be Talladega Nights. And both of those things are, you know, neither one of them are football, but uh, they are some it of the funniest race, movies. Is racing a sport, though? That's a whole separate podcast. Yeah. Hey, if poker is on ESPN, then racing is definitely a sport. Okay, that's a valid point. True, true. I would say The Rookie. Oh, good one. Yeah, I, I love baseball movies. Oh, now that I thought of another one, I'm sorry. Rookie's second place. Hardball is number one for me. That's a good one, too. It's got uh, Keanu Reeves in it. He's not the reason it's my favorite, but... <laughs> It's not, it's say, not do you also popular. like the replacements because he's in that one too <laughs> no i did not like that one as much but yeah i, I just know hardball is not as popular of a movie so i just say he's in there <laughs> i loved uh have you ever seen unnecessary roughness have you ever seen that movie i have not oh katie have you no, I, I've never even heard of it. Oh, man. I'm going to have to send you a link. That, especially if you like that style of movie, the, just the silly, stupid, funny. I think it's called Unnecessary Roughness. It is, it's a football movie and it's, it's just hysterical. So that's one of my favorites. And then uh, what's the Denzel Washington, the, the Titans? Like we are. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. I love that movie. That's a good feel-good movie. That's a really good, good one, too. It is. I had one last question. In your household, when you're watching either your sports yourself or, you know, with your with your girls, how much does female sports play in you watching? Like, are you watching? Well, that's the problem, Brian. <laughs> There's really nothing to watch for, for women. Um, right. I mean, when the women's soccer team, we watch them. We I, We're actually really big u.s women's national team and um every time that they ever come to denver uh we always go and see their games we actually if i wouldn't have been pregnant with my second daughter we were going to go watch them when they played in canada so um yeah that's we're big women's usa soccer team fans here but other than that like i don't really watch that much basketball and there's there really isn't i think and i do think that there's a strong push right now for women out there that are trying to say, Hey, we need to be one paid uh, better because most of the the women in the WNBA have other jobs. You know, they're, they play during the the season. And other than that, they don't have those endorsements. They don't have a ton of different deals or those large salaries so that they can just have an off season. Their off season is their full-time job. And so I think that that's absolutely something that needs to have more attention paid to it is that why, why aren't there more women playing sports on TV? You know, so I played softball in college and it was like, okay, I mean, this, this was the dream because there's no, there's no, like there is professional softball leagues, but not, not anything that I, that's what I go to school. You know, I'm going to get a college degree, but I'm going to become a professional softball player because that's going to, 
like it is for men. And so there isn't that there, that next step even out right. there no, that's for, true. for women. And so it's always the collegiate side is kind of seen as the ceiling right now. Right. And I think that that is a huge, I think it's a huge problem. I, I don't, if you do think about too, Americans, especially, we like to see those, the, we like to see the contact sports. Football's right. huge. It's one of the, you know, then hockey is, 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 is up there, but I mean, it's still a, a contact sport that we see. And then even racing, I know that we just were kind of being silly about is racing a sport, but even that, the draw to seeing NASCAR is to see the crash, is to see that right. that accident happen. So we want to see the contact, and in women's sports, you typically don't get that that much. And if you do, unfortunately, because of a lot of the gender norms, people don't want to see women, you know, tackling and dragging each other and hitting each other. You know, it's it's just not seen as as ladylike. So right. we have these sports that we need, you know swimming when the olympics come all of a sudden we're going to see all these professional swimmers and you know the the soccer players are going to get on the tv again so i think that unfortunately it's still the olympic sports for women and we only really get to see them play for four years every four years yeah and even it it breaks my heart i so i work in higher education and I used to work in New York and then I moved down south and both institutions, ironically, basketball was their biggest sport and their women's teams for both institutions were far superior than men's and both programs, one of which made it to the Sweet 16 a couple years ago in the NCAA tournament for these smaller, you know, institutions. It was really like kind of a Cinderella story and it's just like no one not no one cared like the 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 students and the alumni at the institution because they were excited for the like name recognition and stuff but you know you you went into ESPN and stuff and and good luck seeing the support of you know the the women's march madness and stuff like that and it was it was it was very disappointing as a fan of of sports and and women's sports in general and and especially being such a fan of the the teams that i was supporting and then now having a daughter i i don't know the solution to it but it it is frustrating i think that just trying to to have that next level of like professionalism like i mean if if there was a professional women's soccer league i think that that actually probably would do better in, than the men's professional soccer yeah. leagues here in the us um because we do have such a good women's national team if we had a strong you know presence of teams and promoting and trying to get people out there i think that there would be a lot of people that would that would go to it but you know it's it's baby steps and i think that we're getting more women involved on the sidelines and in the broadcast booth. So hopefully it will start transitioning over to on the field. So do you see soccer as kind of the ambassador for women's sports? Like the, like, do you see the national team for soccer really spearheading that growth of interest in women's sports? I do. I, I think that it is going to be the, the women's soccer team that, that makes that, that movement for for women's sports because they have been very very vocal um, already just for equal pay. Yeah. But because because they're good yeah. and <laughs> we as Americans we want to see people win. So I think that 
it's uh, if we can, if they continue winning and then maybe we start building out more professional, like city cities get professional soccer teams. I think that's the momentum that they need to, to take and kind of run with. Well, you know what? I'm going to promise starting today on this podcast that I, I just never have been a big supporter of soccer. Like I just don't watch soccer. I'm going to make a more conscious effort to, I'm going to be a Jets fan and I'm going to be the uh, women's national team fan. And I'm going to be making sure my daughter is supporting and getting excited. Cause I do think we need cheerleaders and supporters of just the demand of these, these sports and, and getting people excited about them. And uh, I, I think that's great. I, I think if we kind of support, you know, especially the the team that is really, leading this conversation. I, I didn't know it was women's soccer. I, I think that's great. Yeah. And I think that too, you know, with, with the women's soccer, um, you know, they're, they're women's soccer is different than men's. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why it's more exciting. It's definitely much faster paced. So a lot more sprinting, running less of the, he passes the ball, he passes it back. He passes it back to him, you know, so it's a lot more, uh, high pace soccer uh, with the women. So the it's not necessarily the like rules or the logistics, but it's more the style of play that's yes. different. Got Entirely it. Entirely the style. Yeah. So men's is more like strategic passing and like, getting the right angle, but women and, and then like the right opportunity where women's is just, it's like, it, it really is kind of a, like hockey, but on a soccer field. So a lot of back and forth and lots of sprinting. Awesome. Good to know. Katie, this was phenomenal. I loved this conversation. I got a lot out of it. I, I really, really appreciate you you joining us. I, I had a blast and I'm now even more excited about uh, women's soccer and starting to start that new family tradition with my daughter, which I promise you I'm going to start doing. Most important is people are going to love this conversation. People are going to love you and they're going to want more of you. So where can they find more Katie Brinkley? Well, uh, right on Clubhouse. Uh, so I'm Katie Brinkley on Clubhouse. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, um, I am Katie Brinkley on Instagram. And then if you need any help with social media, check me out online at nextstepsocialcommunications.com. That's awesome. What about the uh, Across the Pond podcast? One of the cool things about it is um, the whole basis of the show is there's a host on from the U.S. and then a host from the other side of the pond. So uh, either like my host co-host is in Scotland or the NHL co-host is in uh, England. So you get to hear both sides of the of both sides of the pond's perspective on American sports. Zach, how about us? So yeah, definitely you can find uh, both Brian and I on tech, on TikTok uh, at bearded underscore Brian at Zach the girl dad. Uh, you we have the same usernames on Instagram as well. Katie, I actually went ahead and followed you on Instagram. <laughs> so um, you can also find us at uh, dynastyofdads.wordpress.com. Uh, we're trying to get more active with the uh, blog side as well. Uh, definitely check us out on our Patreon. Uh, Brian, you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Patreon.com slash Dynasty of Dads. Starting at only $2 a month, you get a lot of really great perks. You can interact with us live on YouTube every episode. We have a Discord community, which is fun, and we get to interact with each other. Want to give a special shout out to our top Patreons, Karina, the host of the Birth and Stuff podcast, Alex, aka Daddy Shark 92 on TikTok, and of course, Grace. 
thank you guys so much. We couldn't do what we do without you guys and without your support, and, and I uh, really do appreciate it. Katie, again, thank you so much for being here. I loved this conversation. Yeah, it was amazing. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Please make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review wherever you're listening to your podcast. And other than that, we will see you next time and continue to become better parents together. Good night, everybody. Good night.